Let's clap our hands to the Lord Jesus. He's worthy. Lord God, you are worthy. You are great. And you are greatly to be praised. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Hallelujah. Because I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. I was once in chains, but he set me free. I'm grateful today. God has been good to me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What an honor it is to be here, amen, with you at the Apostolic Revival Center. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated for a moment. I am honored that my family is with me, my, my wife and one of my daughters, my oldest daughter. And uh, I thank God for the blessing uh, of allowing us to be able to come and share with you in this joyous occasion. Amen. God has, has blessed this congregation. It's seen. I can see it in the people. Amen. That's how you know a, a congregation is blessed, the people. Amen. The Queen of Sheba said, my goodness. You know, I heard about this guy, but when I, now that I've come here, they haven't told me the half. I see how the people are happy and, and how they serve, and that's really what makes the difference. Amen. Praise God. You could try to promote something all you want, but amen, the proof is in the pudding, as they say. <laughs> and so I'm grateful to see, amen, what God is doing here and, um, so my wife gives her greetings. Uh, she, I normally would have her preach before me, but she already told me. <laughs> she already told me she's not going to preach today. So uh, she does give her greetings. <laughs> I'm so honored that, that she joined me. And as I already mentioned, my daughter. You know, God's church uh, knows no limits, knows no boundaries. Um, there's really... Uh, nothing that compares to the church. There's nothing that compares to the church. And, and although that is not always revealed to everyone else, that's why you and I are here. The Bible says we are called out of darkness into his marvelous light so we can show forth his praise. So we're here to let everybody else know. <laughs> you don't know like I know what he's done for me. You see me in a suit and tie right now, but I wasn't always like this. <laughs> oh, my goodness. God's been so good. I remember the first time I went to church, it was, uh, it was a rude awakening for me. Because, you know, you hear, you hear about church, and I'm thinking, you know, it's going to be calm. I'm going to try to struggle to stay awake. And um, I sat next to an older lady. Uh, well, she was older than me. I was 14. So to me, she was, she might as well have been, you know, Methuselah's mom. She was old. And I uh, sat next to her, and uh, I thought, man, this is a good spot to catch a nap. This is soon be over. And, but this, this, this lady was, uh, she was excited about what God had done in her life. They started singing the songs, and she lifted up her hand. And uh, that was new for me because we didn't, in my church, we didn't do that. So she read raising a hand, then she raised the other hand, and then she started, I don't know, she was getting really excited. I guess there's something that happens when you think about what you're saying, what you're singing, you connect with that. It's like all of a sudden, like, whoa. So all of a sudden, this hand started doing this number right here. 
And out of the corner of my eye, I could see it, and I was concerned, you know. She's an older lady, and I'm like, like, what's happening? But everybody else was cool. Like, they weren't even moved by it. She started doing this number right here, and uh, I was like, okay. And out of the blue, like, no warning. She didn't, like, say, you know what, something's about to happen. I'm feeling it strong right now. No, no, no precursor. I had no idea. But out of the blue, this hand started doing this, and she went, wow. And I said, oh, my God. And my prayer was, God, if you get me out of here, I will live for you. If you let me survive this service, I'm going to give my life to you, God. I didn't know what, I didn't know what, what, what is going on. It was, it, was, it was different. But guess what? <laughs> Amen. Something got a hold of me. Amen. Something got a hold of me, and I realized what that sister had. Amen. It's just not for her. Amen. It's not just for the pastor. It's not just for the usher. But it's for whosoever will. Whosoever will, let him come. And let him drink of the water of life freely. Amen. Praise God. Well, I need to hurry up because if not, we, this is going to be a long one. And I know you guys didn't sign up for that. So, praise God. <laughs> Thank you. Give honor to Pastor Hood and First Lady. Amen. Honor you today. Congratulations on this anniversary service. And I'm believing for many, many more in Jesus' name. If you have your Bibles, let's go to the word of the Lord. We want to go to the book of Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. And uh, my goodness, I, I am so, so, so honored to be here, so grateful, and just expecting great things, and I know you are too, so. Matthew chapter 16, we want to begin reading there at verse number 13, Matthew 16, and beginning at verse 13. This is um, a little history of Jesus has already been ministering for a while, and people got to know about his ministry and who he was and so they started talking you know how you know how people do uh they start talking so he wanted to know what they were saying verse 13 says when jesus came into the coast of caesarea philippi let me explain this spot a little bit this is not just like any spot caesarea philippi was the epicenter of all worship when i mean all worship i'm talking about everything any, anything you could think of um, from any kind of uh, idol, any kind of witchcraft, any kind of, this was the spot. Like any, anybody who worshipped anything, they showed up to Caesarea Philippi. Uh, so, this, so this is where he was at. He went to the epicenter of worship. And he asked the question, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others, Jeremiah's, or one of the prophets. He said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. 
And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bound on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. For a moment this, uh, this afternoon, I want to preach to us on uh, these, uh, the, this thought. To know, to be, to do. To know, to be, to do. Lord, we thank you for your word that's already anointed. I pray that you anoint our minds and our hearts and our lives that we can receive. And not just receive, but let us be changed by it. Let us be transformed. Let's let us, let us allow us to leave here with the, the fingerprints of your spirit upon our lives. And we give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. I rebuke every lying spirit and every distraction that may try to come against anyone that's here in this house. I pray, God, that your word will flow with liberty and authority. And we give you all the glory and all the praise. And let the church say amen. amen. Everybody say amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated. And thank you for being attentive to the word of the Lord. This, uh, this, this happening in Matthew chapter 16 is well known amongst uh, any churchgoer. If you've been to church any amount of time, you probably have heard this or read this. And uh, you come across this moment of, if I can use the term, revelation or understanding. And so there is some revelation that's being transferred and, uh, and, and understood and captured by Jesus' disciples. And it's at a place that I was able to visit, this place of Caesarea Philippi that had, it's at, there's a mouth of a cave, a massive cave, and, and at the top there is a place where, uh, like a cliff, and then this opening kind of goes in this way, and then there's a whole bunch of niches where they have different idols um, inside the, the, the face of the rock. So this was all kind of, uh, of worship was happening here. This was, I mean, it was a, it was a place of all kind of, uh, of worship, the different gods and different, different uh, deities according to the people. So Jesus takes his disciples there, and they're seeing all of this. That, that opening called the gate of hell because what they would do, they would throw their children into the mouth of the cave as sacrifice. And so he, he brought them to this spot where all of this was going on. And he asked them the question, who do men say that I am? And that's very important to know, to know who Jesus is. Jesus wanted to, to, to find out what are people saying about me. I think it was Socrates that said that it's important or man uh, must know thyself. There's something about knowing and understanding that we know. And when you don't know, uh, you live your life not, uh, not, able, uh, not fulfilling your purpose because you don't know. We've all heard of the ugly duckling, right? He thought he was a duckling, but he wasn't. And because he didn't know, he was trying to be a duck when he wasn't a duck. Amen. We live in a world of people that are confused. They don't know. And so knowing is important because when you don't know, you try to be what you're not. Oh, my goodness. But something happens when you understand who you are. Mm. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I, I just want you to, I want you to ga uh, grasp what I'm saying. Knowledge is power. 
Ancestry.com and 23andMe and so many other apps are making a lot of money because people want to know, who am I? You know, where did I come from? Where are my people from? <laughs> Praise God. So this whole thing, who did they say that I am? So if I could say that whatever you and I know about Jesus, initially that information came from somebody else. Right? We learned it in Sunday school. We learned it from a Bible study. We learned it from the pastor, mom and dad, a family member, a friend. Somebody told us about Jesus. So what we initially learned about Jesus was from somebody else. Information passed on to us. And so we hear it, and, you know, that's neat. That's cool. That's interesting. But that's it. Just information that someone shared with us. But then Jesus asked a question when he said, who do men say that I am? And then they go on and they give a list. Then he says, who do you say that I am? Because at some point, it must become personal. This just can't be about what Pastor Evan Hood says or what uh, our Brother, brother uh, Blessimer says or, or what Aunt Brother Diaz says. What, what, do, what do I know about Jesus? Who do you say that I am? What do I know about Jesus Christ and what has he done for me and how has he changed my life? At some point, it becomes personal, and that's why the church is here. This is God's embassy. Now, many of us, I, I don't know how many of you have traveled outside of the United States. Raise your hand. We've got a, okay, a lot, man, a lot of y'all. God bless you. Praise God. Some of us who've never traveled outside of the United States, you don't, maybe not understand the importance of, uh, of an embassy. But an embassy is really, it's a, it's a, a place that wherever you travel to uh, in the world, and we have a U.S. embassy, that land or that building, that area is now U.S. property. And so although you're not in the United States, you could be in Iraq, you could be in uh, Argentina, you could be any, it doesn't matter where you're at. If, if you're at a U.S. embassy, you are uh, legally in the United States of America. And so many Americans, when they travel abroad, they want to know, where is the U.S. Embassy where I'm going? It's important. Same thing holds true for any other embassy that's here in the United States. When people make it to that embassy, they are stepping in the, and they now are held to the laws uh, of the land of wherever they're from. So the church is God's embassy. Amen. When you stepped into this building, amen, you now, you're on God's uh, property. This is, this is heaven on earth. Amen. When you came in here, this is no longer Carson City, and this is no longer held to the rules and the laws of men, but now you stepped into God's country. Amen. <laughs> and there's some powerful things to understand about God's country. Our king is Jesus. I said our king is Jesus. Our country is the new Jerusalem. Our language is love. I said our language is love. Amen. And, and, and so uh, we find out that our flag is salvation. That's why we, we wave it high. We want everybody to see you can find salvation here in God's embassy. 
Whatever, whatever is ailing you, whatever has you bound, you can come into God's embassy and you can find salvation. Our anthem, our anthem is hope. <laughs> Amen. Our anthem is hope. Our economy will never, will never be bankrupt because our economy is mercy. The Bible says his mercy endureth forever. <laughs> our industry is the unity of the spirit. That's what we do best. We work together. We understand that God has commanded the blessing where we're united together. Our military is the power of the truth. We don't fight with these. We don't fight with these, but we use the word of God. Amen. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run it therein too and are safe. We use the word of God. It is our military. It's our defense. And our culture is God's holiness. Amen. When we come to God, we understand that our culture now becomes God's culture. Now let me... Our, our, our God's culture now becomes our culture. Let me, let me uh, uh, take a little time to, uh, to explain to us the importance of knowing, knowing who Jesus is. Mm. There must come a time when, when you and I understand who he is and we get this revelation that when you start to seek him, he will begin to reveal his attributes to you. He will tell you, as we see in Isaiah 43 and 11, I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. You begin to understand what Deuteronomy 6 and 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Amen. You begin to understand that he will reveal to you he is everywhere. Amen. Psalm 139, the Bible lets us know, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me, and thou knowest my down-sitting and my uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Amen. And the Bible goes on to say, Whither shall I go from thy spirit? That's verse 7. Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. And if I make my bed in hell, thou art there. Our God is everywhere. Amen. In Jeremiah chapter 23 and verse 23, I am the Lord, or I am God at hand, saith the Lord, and not a God afar off. God is present. God is present. In Hebrews chapter 13, there's a scripture that we all know. It says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that's a very powerful scripture. Amen. But to me, the most powerful part about it is that he's the same today. Because I, I, can't, I can't relive yesterday, and I'm not in tomorrow. Only thing I have is right now. Only thing we have is the present. And I'm glad to know that Jesus Christ is the same today. Right now. Amen. He's the right now God. So Jesus began to show you that he understands your frailties and fears. In Hebrews 4.15, says, For we have not a high priest, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as, are we, like as we, yet without sin. Too often, the more worried we get, the more we act like God is ignorant of our situation. And we don't know the future, but he does. So we have to put our confidence in him. 
In Jeremiah 29 and 11, the Lord reveals this and says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans I meant for peace and not of evil, to give you the future or to give you the expected end, a future of hope. Amen. In Luke chapter 12 and verse 7, indeed, the very hairs of our head are all numbered. And he doesn't have to take a long time for me. Praise God. <laughs> God knows us. He knows us. And a lot of times we put on a lot of fronts. You know, I used to do that. You know, you try to act like you're angry all the time. The people that always look like they're angry. They're really not angry, but they're afraid. So they put this front on. Like, don't talk to me. So they keep you at a distance because you're looking like, I don't know, don't talk to him. I'm not talking to her. But God is not afraid of that. He's not afraid of you. <laughs> God's like, oh. He said, man, I know you. I see you cry at night. I know you. Mm. God knows us. He doesn't know us to shame us. But he knows us to save us. Amen. Amen. Our God is all powerful. Amen. When I mean that he's all powerful, I mean that he has all power. Matthew, 20, Matthew 19 and 26, but Jesus said unto them, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. All things are possible. Amen. I'm just going to share a little bit. I, I really shouldn't even be in front of you today. Why? Because my family has no pedigree. <laughs> Amen. We didn't know God. I mean, I was born in New York City. Should have been dead a long time ago. But the reason why I'm here is because our God is all-powerful. I said our God is all-powerful. And may I say something else? He's no respecter of persons. He doesn't care if you have money or you don't have money. He doesn't care if you're educated or uneducated. He doesn't care what neighborhood you live in. He doesn't care what your last name is. Amen. Our God, amen, is no respecter of persons. Amen. Praise God. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 16, the Bible says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. My goodness. So, it's important that we understand that when Jesus asked the question, who do men say that I am? What do others say about Jesus? But then he says, who do you say that I am? How do you know me? And you're looking at people in this house that has had an experience with Jesus Christ. It's, it's always a beautiful thing. We don't have the time, but as you read in the Word of God, uh, of people like Nicodemus and the, the woman at the well and, and the woman that was caught in the very act of adultery. My goodness, what? You're talking about embarrassing. I, I, I don't want to paint a picture because we can get sidetracked, but I'm, uh, they, they drug her to Jesus and they said, we caught her in the very act of adultery. Now, the law says she should die, but what do you say? Jesus ignored them. Sometimes you just got to ignore people. They're just trying to rile you up. You know what? I don't got time for you. <laughs> Jesus ignored them. 
They, they, but they were persistent. Some people, they, they want to fight. Doc, what are you, what are you saying? <laughs> so Jesus said, okay, so you really want to know my opinion? Here we go. He amongst you that it doesn't have sin, cast the first stone. And then he went about doing what he was doing. And the Bible says from the, from the greatest to the least, they all left their stones because they all knew. <laughs> all of us have some skeletons in our closet. <laughs> Here's the good news. If you have skeletons in your closet, Jesus wants you to bury them. And you can bury them in the name of Jesus. When you're baptized in Jesus' name, you don't have to hide the skeleton in the closet. Oh, but it goes under the blood. You can be free from your past. You can be free from your shame. You can be free from your guilt. Amen. So Jesus asked them, who do you say that I am? And then Peter, he speaks up. Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And many times we, we stop there. What's a powerful, powerful thing? And it, was, and it was powerful. But that wasn't really the point that Jesus was trying to make. First of all, he wanted them to see all that was going on. Because sometimes we get intimidated. Because you look around and we're like, my goodness, look at all these people. And none of them, there's just 12 of us. And look at all these people. And look at all the stuff they're doing. And look how terrible it is. And how bad it is. And I don't know. <laughs> we get worried. But Jesus said, see all that? What do people say that I am? Well, they're, they're, they're saying you're a prophet. They're saying this and that. Okay. But who do you say that I am? And so Peter had a revelation. He said, you're the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the answer. You're the Savior. You're the Redeemer. You're the Waymaker. You're the Peace Speaker. You're the Healer. Amen. You are the Christ. You're the Anointed One. Now, now for us... It may not have the same meaning, but try to understand that they have been waiting for the Messiah for a very, very, very long time. Matter of fact, the promise was made back in Genesis 3.15, amen, that the seed of the woman would bruise the head of the serpent. Who is this person? And Peter realized, you are him. You are him. You are the, the, the promised one. The, you are the Messiah. You are God manifest in the flesh. You are the Christ. That is a powerful revelation. To know. Powerful. But then Jesus says, thou art Peter. Because it's great to know who he is. But you need to know who you are. And Jesus wanted Peter to realize who he was. I don't just want you to know me. I need you to know you. Because when we know ourselves, when we understand what God has done in our lives, what God is wanting to do in our lives, what God is doing through our lives, then, then our, our attitude changes. Our perspective changes. I don't have time to waste. Amen. Grumbling and complaining and, and saying, oh, God, why me? No, I understand.
Amen. Amen. You call me to your kingdom for such a time as this. This is time to grow. This is time to reach. This is time to teach. This is time to be the church of the living God. Amen. So here we go. What Jesus says about you. I came to preach to you today. <laughs> Amen. I love preaching about Jesus. But the, the moment comes when we got to start preaching. God wants to preach to you. Because we, we have to understand what, what is Jesus saying about me. When, we, when you know who your enemy is, you already win half the battle. When you know yourself, you win the other half. Hallelujah. Long time in my life, I didn't know who I was. So I was doing dumb stuff. When you don't know who you are, you do dumb stuff. When you don't understand your purpose, you do dumb stuff. But when you get that revelation of who you are, my, 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 then you realize, you know what, I, I don't do that not because I can't, but I know who I am, and that's going to mess up my purpose. That, that's going to deviate me from what, what my course is, and I, I can't do that right. Mm. It's not that I don't like it. It's not that it's not attractive to me. I, I, all of those things, but oh, no, my purpose is greater than my pleasure. I said my purpose is greater than my pleasure. You got to get to the point where you realize my purpose is greater than my position. <laughs> Nicodemus was a ruler in the synagogue, but you know what? My purpose is greater than my position. Who cares? I need to know who this Jesus is. I need to know what this is all about. And so Jesus begins to speak to him. There is something that happens. When, when Peter says, uh, thou art the Christ, and Jesus says to him, and thou art Peter. Peter means little rock. His name really wasn't Peter. His name was Simon. Jesus is the one that gave him the, the name Peter. Amen. He was Simon Barjona. But he said, thou art Peter. <laughs> Little rock. And said, upon this rock, big rock, the mass, I will build my church. What was the big rock? It was the revelation of who I am. So, Peter, now you're a part of me. Hallelujah. Peter, now you're a part of me. Amen. When you understand that now you're a part of the mountain. Woo! You're a part of something greater. Amen. When you become a part of the church, you become a part of something greater. Amen. Amen. So we must get our identity settled. But you know, the devil, he's a master of challenging our identity. So when Jesus is tempted by the devil, what happens? The devil comes to him in Matthew chapter 4, verse 3. He says, um, if thou art the son of God. Questioning, if, if you are, command these stones to be made bread. Verse 6, Jesus says, oh, and he said, oh, verse 6, the devil said, and he said, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands shall they bear thee up, lest any time thou shalt dash thy foot against a stone. If you're really who you say you are, if you really uh, who you identify yourself to be, 
then do these things. So the devil is questioning Jesus' identity. If you're really the son of God, you wouldn't be hungry. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't be facing these things. Satan tried to appeal to his flesh, and that's what he always does. He always tries to appeal to our flesh. The only way Satan could subdue, subdue you is through your flesh. Amen. We were made from the dust of the earth. And as long as the enemy can keep you trapped in your flesh and keep your identity locked in the flesh, he'll keep you down. When people look at me, they look at a bald black man. Right? Middle, middle height, kind of a pudgy stomach. Praise God. You know, that's all that's what they see. But but I, I understand that I'm beyond just being bald. I'm beyond just being middle height and having a pudgy stomach. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. This is the shell. But this is not all of who I am. This is a part of me, but this isn't this isn't all of me. Mm. And sometimes we get so wrapped up in this, trying to make this look different. <laughs> Praise God. It's not about this. Amen. Mm, my, my, my. <laughs> but somehow, some way, something has to happen where I understand my identity. As the pastor already said, my DNA, what's inside my bone marrow, amen, came from Almighty God. Hallelujah. Amen. I've got an identity in Christ Jesus that goes beyond my flesh, that goes beyond the temporal. Amen. It's something that's eternal. So when you and I, when you and I get the Holy Ghost and we're baptized in Jesus' name, we become the children of God. Amen. You become a child of God. Sons and daughters of God. Amen. You feel it. You know it. You speak in tongues. Amen. But Satan begins to whisper and tell you, well, if you really a, were a, a child of God, you wouldn't be going through all the stuff you're going through. You would have enough money to pay your bills, and you wouldn't be dealing with this job situation. And, and go, he, he keeps, he's trying to tell you, oh, you know, if really... If this is everything it's cut out to be, you wouldn't be facing what you're facing. But my Bible tells me that Paul understood, and he says in Philippians 1 or Philippians 4, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. Because uh, I know it's not about me, but it's about he who is in me. And greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. So it's not about only what I know. But it's about what I've become. Because of what I know, Jesus said you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. Well, now that I am free, I've become a son or a child of God. That's who I am. Amen. It's important to know who you be. That's how we say it in Memphis. <laughs> who you be? Who are you? Amen. So... This identity is confirmed. Jesus, we see this in Jesus when he's baptized, right? Jesus, uh, 
uh, he gets baptized and his identity is confirmed because in Luke chapter 3, verse 21, uh, we see that the uh, Bible says, Now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened. Verse 32 says, And the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven, which said, Thou art my beloved Son, in thee I am well pleased. So, we've got to follow the footsteps of Jesus Christ. We must be baptized. Amen. Thank God for baptism. Amen. When we're baptized, we become a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Thank God for baptism in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me explain to us the importance of baptism real quickly. That is just not to be baptized because I, I was baptized before uh, I, I begin to understand the Word of God. I was baptized. My, my parents baptized me. Um, I, they told me later. I didn't know anything about it, but they told me later, yeah, you, you were baptized. And then, and then when I got a little bit older, uh, I said, well, I didn't know about that one, so I'm going to get baptized myself. And so I did get baptized. But uh, baptism only works because the power is not in the water. Okay. Uh, we're baptized because we're buried together with Christ in baptism, but the power is not in the water. How many of us ever wash clothes? Right? When you wash clothes, you need to have water. Praise God. But uh, the power is not in the water. It's in the, the detergent, the soap. Praise God. If you have no soap, what you have is dirty clothes that are now dirty, wet clothes. And that's what I was. I was dirty, and then I was dirty, wet. Praise God. But when you're baptized in Jesus' name, the Bible says it's for the remission or for the erasing or for the removal of sins. So the name of Jesus is the soap or the detergent that takes away the sins from our life. Amen. So we must be baptized in Jesus' name. Now, Jesus is baptized, but listen, to the, look what happens in the Scripture. There was a voice from heaven. In other words, there was a spiritual utterance. When you receive the Holy Ghost, there is a spiritual utterance. You will begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives you the ability to do so. Amen. Amen. Same thing that happened with Jesus, same thing happens to you and I. Another interesting thing is that when Jesus, when you looked at him, there was nothing great to look at. He wasn't like... You know, this uh, dashing, handsome young man or middle-aged man like you guys here. The Bible says, the Bible says he had no form or comeliness. Like, in other words, he wasn't like, wow, man, that guy, look at him. Hallelujah. Now, I don't want to, I don't want to, praise God, let me just continue on. I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> I could tell some of us feel like when you look in the mirror today, Praise God. Anyways, uh, <laughs> that's okay. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. God did it. God did it. <laughs> Look at what you did, Jesus. Praise God. Uh, but, <laughs> but Jesus didn't have that, the Bible says. But there was something on the inside. Amen. There was something on the inside that was so powerful that 
was a witness that confirmed and announced his sonship and, and announced who he was. And we see in the Old Testament, the tabernacle of the Old Testament was kind of the same thing. There were old badger skins. It didn't look very appealing on the outside, but when you got on the inside, oh my goodness, it was such a power and such a glory. The holiest of holies was in there. And let me tell you about, amen, Apostolic Revival Center. On the outside, people may not see a, a whole lot, but once you get on the inside... I said, once you get on the inside, you realize, oh, my goodness. Amen. I didn't know all that was going on in this building. I'm believing God. Amen. To let us be the church in Carson City. Amen. That makes the difference. That reaches our world. Amen. That impacts lives. Amen. Amen. So we should never underestimate. Amen. What you see on the outside. You heard the saying, never judge a book by its, right? We don't need to do that. Amen. We know God. God is, is, gonna, is doing some great things, some powerful things. So we are the children of God. And we, uh, we uh, the Bible doesn't say we will become the children of God. It says we are. Ye are the sons of God. So we must, we must accept our identity. We have to get that settled. I am a child of God. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, I already quoted it. Amen. The old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. 1 John 3 and 2, the Bible says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. So as a child of God, we must understand that we are, we are, a, we are a, a part of God's army. We're part of God's kingdom. Amen. And as, as that, amen, we must understand that uh, uh, not, not just the, uh, do we become a part of it, but we are it. We are God's army. We are God's people. I think uh, Peter said it this way, ye are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people who are called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Thank God for our identity. Jesus said in Matthew 10, 8, heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely have you received, freely give. There are three things I'm mentioning today. To know, to be, and to do. If we, if we are the sons of God, we are the children of God, we are the church, we must be the church, and we must do the church. We need to do what Jesus has called us to do. Amen. When you know who you are, you no longer are confused about what you need to do. When people go to school and they study to become lawyers, once you're a lawyer, you pass the bar, you, you graduate, you, you, now you are a lawyer. What do you do? You do law. You start taking cases. You start doing what you are. As children of God, we are the church. We must do what the church does. So we are a light in a world of darkness. We're a city set upon a hill. We don't need to be intimidated. We don't need to be ashamed. We don't need to be afraid. We must be and do the church, the word of God. Amen. Look. 
Jesus gave us. Uh, we, we see when the church is born in, in, in Pentecost, the day of Pentecost, but Peter and John are going to the temple to, the temple to pray. And the Bible says Peter tells the, the, the man that's sitting there, he, he is lame. That means he cannot walk. He's been in this condition for over 40 years. He's been sitting here asking for alms, money. And Peter and John say, look on us. And the man looks expecting to receive something from them. And then Peter says, I don't have silver or gold. Automatically, my man's looking down like, you know what? Keep on going, bro. I don't want to hear your little pep talk. I'm like, what I need is money. You don't got that, keep on going. But he said, I, we don't have silver or gold, but what I have, mm, what I got a hold of God in a prayer meeting, what God spoke to me through his word, uh, amen, what God has confirmed to me in the spirit, what I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the Bible tells us that that man, amen, was healed. In Luke chapter 9, verse 1, he not only gave us or gave his disciples authority over devils, but he also told them to heal diseases. Then he called his 12 disciples together, and he gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. That's what Jesus gave to you. I said, that's what Jesus gave to you. To know, to be, to do. It has to get to the point where we realize, okay, God, I'm trusting you. I'm believing you. I'm going to pray for this person, and in the name of Jesus, they're going to be healed. I'm going to pray for this person, and in the name of Jesus, they're going to be delivered. I'm going to pray for this person, and in the name of Jesus, they're going to receive their answer. Amen. Because I am just not, a, I just don't go to church. I am the church. Amen. My God, if you believe that Jesus heals the sick, shout amen. Amen. <laughs> amen. Do you believe that Jesus raised the dead? Shout amen. amen. Do you believe that Jesus opens blind eyes? Say amen. amen. Okay, do you believe that he can do it through you? Say amen. amen. Here you go. This is it. Carson City, get ready. Ha! I said Carson. Listen to what I'm telling you. This is not a pep rally. I'm not telling you something that's not in the word of God, and I'm not telling you something that your pastor has not already preached and taught to you. I'm not telling you something that some of you have not already seen. But I, may I say to some of us, you got to be careful that you don't find yourself like the man we find in, uh, in Kings where... There was a great famine and everything was terrible. I mean, terrible, bad. Economy was bad. Morale was bad. Everything was terrible. And uh, the man of God showed up and he said, you know, tomorrow at this time, you're going to be able to buy wheat and, and you're going to be able to buy barley. Real cheap. Amen. Real cheap. I understand. Amen. I see vision giving. Hallelujah. Year of favor. We're wanting, uh, I guess, what, 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 what are we wanting to do? Are we trying to buy a building? Okay. Oh, my goodness, but the prices are so high. Look at Hey, <laughs> they were high back then, too. They were, they were selling donkey head for big money. They were selling pigeon poo-poo for big money. It's in your Bible. Read it. It's amazing. 
They were selling those things. You could pick it up at Whole Foods. It was expensive. It got so bad that they were eating their kids. It was bad. But the man of God showed up. I know. He doesn't have a doctorate. I understand. Amen. He, he, he doesn't have a lot of money. I, 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 none of those things he had. But he had a word from God. And he said, tomorrow at this time, you're going to be able to buy wheat and barley super cheap. And there was a guy there who had lived a long time, seen a lot of things. Word of wisdom and experience. Well, we've heard that before. I don't know, man. If God opened up the windows of heaven, can that happen? And that kind of rubbed the man of God in the wrong way. He said, listen, buddy. He said, you're going to see it, but you're not going to participate. Look, I just don't want to see what God is doing. I want to participate because it's just not about knowing. It's about being and doing. I want to be a part. I want to be in the middle of whatever God is doing. Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me. I want to be right in the middle of whatever my God is doing at Apostolic Revival Center. Amen. And the Bible says, oh, it's, it's amazing. I don't have the time, but the, the, this came in the most unlikely fashion. The next day, there were four men, four men, not just, not four wealthy men, not four billionaires, not Elon Musk and Bill Gates, no, four sick, broke, about to die men. Like they were done. Like, you know what, man, we can't go into the city because they had leprosy. It was very contagious. It was, it was like an exterior cancer. They were about to die. We can't go in there because we'll, they don't have any food in there anyway. And they're not bringing us any food. So why are we going to sit here till we die? They, see, they got up and they started marching. Oh, it would be beautiful if somebody could just get up, right? <laughs> they got up and they just started marching. Where did they go? They went to the enemy's camp. They went to the enemy's camp. They said, hey, well, let's just find out what God's going to do. They start marching, and all of a sudden, God made their footsteps sound like thunder, sound like, a, amen, that there was a great army coming, and the enemy went running, left all their stuff. And these guys show up. They go in the first tent. Nobody there. Oh, my goodness. So, but they see they got that turkey there, my, that brisket, tri-tip. Oh! They start, <laughs> they start eating it up. Praise God. They got full on that one. They went over there at the next tent, and they had that, that green curry. Praise God. Like I like the coconut. Oh, praise God. Coconut milk. They started eating that up. Oh, man, this is great. Amen. They left that, and they went over to the next. Oh, man, they, they were so full. They said, you know what? Man, I can't eat no more. They said, but you know what? We need to share this with everybody else. That's what happens at church. Amen. God has blessed us. We're full. But I can't just keep eating and eating. I got to share. There are people hungry in the city. There are people hungry in the I got to As we stand today, I, I just come to preach to us. To know, to be, and to do. 
Those men said, no, we're just not going to sit here and die. We're going to get up. We're going to do something. Amen. And then when that, once they were full, they said, we're not going to stay here full. We're going to go share it with the city. And when they did that, the Bible says the city got excited. Their co-workers, amen, ready to get excited. They wanna, they're waiting to hear some good news. Everything they hear around them is bad news. Everything that's happened around them is negative. But they were, they're waiting to hear some good news. You've got the good news. Oh, my goodness. You've got to come to my church. Amen. God's doing some great things. God just healed somebody. Amen. God just filled someone with the Holy Ghost. We just bat some, baptized somebody. Huh? Amen. we got some good things that God is doing. They were filling up, and they went home. They went back and they said, hey. Y'all need to come out. And the Bible says that the city got excited and they ran out. But the, the guy, the, you know, the professional, oh, I don't know if that's going to happen. He was at the gate. He was at the, the right place at the wrong time. Amen. <laughs> he was going in the wrong direction. He was standing there and all of a sudden people heard that, you know, free food today. <laughs> Man, they, they, they went running out. They trampled him. And I don't want to talk about him. I know that's very sad. And so don't, don't end the service sad. It's not sad. It's only sad if you make it sad. It's only sad if you leave here today with what God is trying to give you and say, you know what, I don't know. I don't know if it could happen. I'm telling you, it will happen. It is happening now. God is bringing revival to our, to our world. God is bringing revival to our community. I love this. Pursuing God, building lives, connecting people. That is the purpose, amen, of this congregation. That's what this community needs. We're believing God to do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen to what the Word of God says. Amen. This is what, this is what the Word of God says in 2 Corinthians 2.14. Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savor of, of his knowledge by us in every place. That's what God is saying about you. That's what God is saying about you. And amen. The Bible lets us know that God is, is prepared us to try. When God calls Gideon, he's in a bad situation. But in, in, in Judges 6 11, Gideon was threshing wheat by the wine press and he was trying to hide it from his enemies. Sometimes we come to church, and we're coming to church like Gideon. We come here, and we're just trying to hide whatever God gave us. Did you leave the building? And, hey, where'd you just come from? But no, Gideon was trying to hide it because he was tired of the enemy taking his stuff all the time. So he said, you know what? I'm going to hide it. But the Lord, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said, the Lord, the Lord be with thee, thou mighty man of valor. It's powerful to me how God perceives us. When we perceive ourselves in a whole different way. We see, and God sees, winner. <laughs> we see, messed up, and God says, no, amen, revived. Amen. God, God, God is bringing something to you today because you have something to share, amen, with this community. God found Gideon hiding in fear for his enemy. Instead of calling him a coward, he called him a mighty man of valor. And then he says, look, you can do this because I have sent you. 
Amen. The Bible lets us know that uh, God said, I'm going with you, Gideon. You're not going by yourself. I am going with you. God, I believe you can save Israel. But Gideon was like, but just not through me. I'm poor. I come from a poor family. I'm the youngest son. I have no pedigree. But Gideon, you need a revelation. You need a revelation of who God is. You need a revelation of who you are. And now that you've become, God wants you to do. And we see Gideon bring great victory to Israel with just a handful of men, but a great big God. Amen. We don't need to have, amen, all the latest and greatest. What we need to have, amen, is a revelation of who we are in Jesus Christ. Oh, amen. And as we begin to come together in the name of Jesus, I believe today, I believe today to do or to be, to, uh, to know, to do, to be and to do, God is going to help us. The Bible says this in Deuteronomy 28 and 13, the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. Thou shalt be above and not beneath. I believe God's doing it with us today. Apostolic Revival Center, you've been positioned for such a time as this. I, I'm, I'm grateful we're celebrating four years. This is awesome. Amen. Oh, this is a great time. But listen to me. This is not the apex. This is not the apex. God is, God is using us, positioning us to do. To do. <laughs> Amen. I want to ask everybody in this house, if you're ready to be what God's called you to be. If you're ready to walk in it, ready to say, okay, God, it's just not enough for me to, to hear about it and to, and the pastor to talk about it and others to sing about it. But God, I, I'm, ready to, I'm ready to walk in what you called me to be. I want to do. I want to do. I want to I ask you to invite you to come to the front if you don't mind. Amen. It, it doesn't matter where you are in your, in your knowledge of God. This could be your first service. doesn't matter. Amen. God has called you on purpose. This is like an appointment. God said, you know what? I, I called you for this time. <laughs> Amen. I'm believing God to bring, I'm believing God to bring to you revelation. And that revelation to bring to you uh, not only uh, an understanding, but a knowledge that you are able to do what God has called you to do. Amen. Praise God. Now that we're all here, praise God. It'd be good if we could just lift up our hands toward heaven. But now we close our eyes not because... Of any other reason but to try to concentrate. If you can concentrate with your eyes open, then do that. But we just want to lift up our hands toward heaven and we want to begin to talk to God. God, I'm ready to be whatever you're calling me to be. I don't want to just be a, an observer, but I want to be a participant. I'm ready for transformation. I'm ready, Lord God, for you to, to, to show forth your praises through my life. I'm ready, God, to be used. I'm ready, Lord God, to, to go to higher heights and deeper depths. Amen. Some of us may be here today saying, God, I'm ready to give my life to you. God, I want to I surrender my, my life to you, my heart. I want to surrender my fears and I want to surrender my shortcomings to you. God, I want you to heal my mind and I want you to heal my, my thoughts and my relationships. Amen. God can do that today. I wonder if we can lift up our hands, and as we lift up our hands, let's lift up our voice as well. Amen. Just begin to tell God. Talk to him in your own words. 
God, I need you. God, I need you. I need you, Jesus. Oh, God, I need you. My life, my will to thee, oh, Lord. Yes, in the name of Jesus. If you can use these In the name of Jesus. You can use this Oh, yes, 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 yes. For your kingdom That's it, church. That's it, church. We believe in God for great things in every heart, in every mind, in every life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I surrender myself to you, Jesus. I surrender myself to you, God. I want your will to be done in my life, through my life, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, I thank you, God, I thank you, Lord, I thank you, Jesus, use and bless, Lord God, your people, use and bless your people, oh God, in the name of the Lord, help us to know, help us to be, help us to do, yes, God, I believe you, God, I believe you, God. I believe you, God. Oh, we're here today because we want more of you. We're here today because we want more of you in our hearts, in our minds, in our lives. Yes, Jesus, let your will be done through us, in us, for us, oh God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, that's it. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. God, I surrender to you. I want to be a willing vessel, Lord. Yes. Yes. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, let the Holy Ghost work through your life. Speak through your heart. Let God put in you purpose, vision, commitment. In the name of Jesus. Who haven't heard before. I am. Myself completely yours. I want to be a willing vessel, a vessel you can use. I want to be a willing vessel, the instrument to choose. I want to empty of myself, available to you. So let me be a willing vessel, be a willing vessel, be a willing vessel you can use. I want to be a willing vessel, a vessel you can use. I want to be a willing vessel, the instrument to choose. I want to empty of myself available to you. So let me be a willing vessel. Be a willing vessel. Be a willing vessel you can use. I want to be a vessel you can use. I want to be a willing vessel, the instrument you 
choose I want to empty of myself available to you so let me be a willing vessel 